Welcome to Menopause, Marriage and Motherhood, a podcast that's all about changing the way we view midlife and bringing the conversation about menopause out into the open. Each week we share stories, experiences and inspiration. We talk to experts on how to best navigate this time of life and find out how other people have not only survived but thrived through this time. I'm your host, Karen O'Connor. Hello and welcome. I'm here today with Scarlett Vesper. She's one of Australia's top brand and small business startup experts. She's built a career from movie magic on set with Hollywood heavyweights to being one of Australia's first TV commercial directors and then starting her own digital marketing agency. She's now launched her life design coaching business, Mrs V's Change Room, where she's helping people transition careers by building their own dream business. Welcome, Scarlett. Thank you. Thank you. Lovely to be here and thanks for having me on. So usually I say to the guests, so tell me how you ended up here. But first of all, I'm going to get you to explain to me what life design coaching business is and then we'll go on to how did you get to where you are. How did I get to where I am? Okay, so for me, um, a life design coach, if you look it up for a lot of people, it's actually uh, very much around life coaching. And I love the word design. That's why I was drawn to it because it's a combination of my brand expertise with my transformation coaching. So I really, using those two methods allows me to kind of use my vision, my ability to create kind of the vision for someone and their their life and to bring that from all sorts of angles, I bring that in. A life design coach is someone who really is looking at a vision of a, a person's life. And so I look at how they're wanting to achieve their really their dream life. And I think that's the focus. And I do that by using my brand expertise and my transformation coaching. So it's really kind of the alchemy of those skills. How did you end up where you are now tell me a little bit about your background and what made you do this oh, wow how long is your show <laughs> I should be really writing a book okay so where do I start the beginning is I've always been that type of person that's asked why and I think my branding has been so great for me because I was as that little girl going why 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 you must have driven my parents crazy but that curiosity of why we're here and what our purpose is has just been part of who I am and I didn't go into that straight away I did have a very kind of rebellious uh, childhood and I was one of those rebels as a teen and growing up and loved partying and boys and that was all that was really interesting (laughs) interesting for me and then um, I fell into uh, filmmaking, actually, and I worked with Disney. That was an amazing experience, and I did work with some pretty big people there. And it taught me really about hard work in and kind of quality of work. Like in those days, you didn't have the computer. You, you didn't have any of that to check anything. You were the machine. You were the computer. And so there was no way to stuff up. And also that there was always a way to fix it. Like you just could solve any problem. So I have that mindset where there is no problem too big for me to solve. And that has just been really a great tool and skill for me as a life set through through till today. So after I then did the filmmaking, I 
it was kind of a shock because I realised that eight years went by and blinked and I just thought I just don't want to have my life rushed by because when you're in the film industry, it's very kind of insular and war could be going on outside and you're just not privy to it. It's very incestuous. It's a very, when I was there, it was just a very strange but addictive kind of place to be. You loved everybody. When the film finished, you were just mortified. And so people keep going to the next shoot. There was a lot of affairs. There's a lot of people who would suffer depression outside of that time. So they're always going away, leaving their families and doing this kind of project. And I think now it's different because there are more balances where I was there, you had to work forever and you weren't paid over time. And it was just, you know, crazy time. It was so inspiring and I've learned so much, met incredible people. And but I did decide to go, this is not okay for me anymore. So I then went across to advertising. And I loved advertising because it had all the skill sets of of production and um, making content, but I was in the real world. So I'd dip into shoots and then I'd come back to the real world. And and that was fantastic. I love that. Then I started wanting to direct. I had a baby and I thought if I can have a baby, I can definitely direct, you know. I mean, gosh, how how creative can having a baby be compared to, like, there's no comparison. So off I went into that world of being one of the first female directors and directors and of three of us were at the time and it was challenging because it was a very male-dominated industry, the advertising industry. And there was a little bit of novice with it, so I got away with it um, a little bit, but I could see in terms of getting work, there was a lot of creative teams of men. And so getting the work was challenging, although for my first 18 months, I just I was getting an ad a week. So I was absolutely skyrocketing and it was fantastic. But then when that kind of novice went, something shifted and I found that it wasn't, something wasn't working. Now, whether it's that industry, I think there's a part of it, but the other part was me going, there's something else for me. Um, I then had a divorce and that was hard because as a single mum, how do I support myself and my child? And I was living in Canberra because I was very spiritual and I was with a Buddhist group at the time. So all my life in that question of why has been my spiritual growth and underlying everything I've been doing, even during filming and everything, I've always nurtured that side of myself and and loved it, you know, always kind of had to find out why am I doing that, my personal development. I did every course, I read every book, I was really nurturing and immersing myself in that world of personal growth and it was just fun for me it wasn't like I have to do it but I was like I just love doing it I did have a defining moment when my sister was diagnosed with cancer and where my dad was a surgeon he's passed now but and I thought I don't want to be like that I don't want to have scars on my body because I have a doctor as a parent you know, I could feel there was something in there. I didn't quite know what it was. So I really wanted to just be the best version of me and understand everything about it. And that underpinned all my journey in my career. So when I got to the point of I was a single mother, what do I do? It was really hard. I had to give up directing because I had to feed him and myself and I, I was in Canberra. I then got 
approached to do be head of broadcast for the bank. And for me, it was giving up every part of my creativity and who I was. And it was terrible. I felt awful. I felt like I'd failed and because I wasn't doing the directing. So I took the job. And it's so ironic when you kind of let go and give up. There's something magical that happens. And I did most of my directing in that time at the bank. So I was there for six years and I was directing half the TV ads. I was writing and producing a show that went on in Branch in there. And it was just a magical time for me. I actually had a very happy time because I felt empowered there. I was trusted. I had a family, amazing team. It was very unusual with the bank because it was a very transparent relationship in an advertising terms. So there was no this and them. It was very unique. Also from there, I learned the corporate side. I'd always been on the creative side as the director and producer and understanding that. But to understand how business works and why we need that, really, truly, the mechanics was life-changing for me. So what happened was this new uh, MD came in and after that time we were removed as the team because, as we know, when heads come in, often they sweep off and they want their own team in. Um, I then went to uh, Singleton's and I hated it. It was very male-dominated and I remember one of the creatives said to me, because I get very excited about everything and I was just enthusiastic and he said, oh, really, do you think that? You know, like he challenged me, we're doing a Coke ad. And he said, uh, do you really think that's great? Or some, some comment. <laughs> so, uh, first thing I, look, I looked at him and I thought, I'm a mother. You can't speak to me like that. I'm a mother. <laughs> and um, I resigned that day. And it was great because I really knew it was time for me to go. This was not where I was meant to be. They were mortified. They actually gave me some business to do from my own new business. So that was amazing. That allowed the transferring for me into my own business And that's something for people to think about, actually, as I'm telling my story, is you can see how when you actually stick to your truth that possibilities show up because I didn't plan that. But when I went to leave and they didn't want me to go, they said, look, how about we give you some of this business and you can do this on in your new business so we have some of you there. Now, that came about not planned, but because I sat in my truth. So I think that was a great indication of how if you do that, it can work for you. And then I, after that time, I did start my business. It was all going great. I opened a studio and I went to partnership with um, another person and all seemed really good. I love the studio. And then I, <laughs> I had a reading with a psychic. And he said to me, oh, you shouldn't be behind the camera. You should be in front of the camera. And I went, oh, no, no, I'm a director. I'm all about making other people look good. And he said, no, 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 you're meant to be out there with your message because of your spiritual teaching. Now, it was so funny. It was like a Shazam moment. I kind of went, oh, my God, my spiritual life is over here. Here's my career. Ta-da! And I went, oh, so everything changed from there. I went away just completely discombobulated, to be honest. I was like, how do I, what do I do with this? But it all kind of slotted in. I went and then shot a teaser for a show, uh, Love, Dream, Believe. I did a whole lot of interviews. I started getting my own brand out there. I then went and took it to America with my husband and I. That's a book in itself, that story. Um, went to Warner Brothers, went to Cannes Festival, you know, Donald Sutherland's son and, and met some amazing people. Oh, it's just incredible. Bougie with the voice, getting, it was all incredible. And I came back 
and my business partner had done the wrong thing by me and I lost everything. So here I was with my newfound passion. I've been doing everything and suddenly felt like I'd found my purpose and my world crashed. And, you know, including, you know, house, super, all the business, everything. So here I was in this state of just disbelief and why me, of course, we go into that place. And I remember standing in the shower going, it was a moment, like it was well in, I think, you know, a few months into it. And I was standing there thinking, you know what, no one can actually take me. They can take my things, they can take my possessions and whatever, but no one can take my experience, my heart, my soul, who I am as a person. And it was such a defining moment because there was a, a, a switch went off inside me and I suddenly lost my fear, I lost my anger, I lost everything. I, I just kind of felt free. And from then on, things started to change. And it's funny because I then, because I was like, well, who am I? Because I'm not getting work as a director. And that was the funny thing is I always got work as a director, no matter what was going on in my business. But it's like the universe went, no, we're going to take it all away from you because you need to sit in this place. You need to actually think about where you're going. So it was a year. That's right, it was a year. And after I had this moment, I started getting directing work. I started getting work in. And I'd been working out how to build sites and how do I create my own personal brand? How do I, you know, and then someone said, oh, I love what you've done with your new site. Can you build me one? Can you do this? And all of a sudden I had a business. And I know it was from that point where I decided to let go of being that victim, understanding that I'm not my job and my career, and also trusting that things will get taken care of, maybe not in the way that you think, but that will happen. And so then I built my business around uh, doing marketing for people. And then that kind of took off. It went to another level uh, three years ago when I, I wasn't doing social media for people because... I just, I wanted to do people's brands and create and design and help them through who they are. Because the first thing is, if you want to get a brand out there or a website, if you're not sorted here and you don't know who you are and you've got blocks, it's never going to work, no matter what website or logo design I do for you. So the first part is really doing that transformation piece. So then I go, well, I see you. That was great. <laughs> but then I realized that a lot of my clients is going, what do I do now? How do I get myself to market? I'm not happy. There's no one, you know, it's really expensive. And blah, blah. So, and I had to do it for myself. So I started working out about socials and doing design and SEO. And then I thought that's what people need right now in an affordable way, in a holistic way, but has all the practical things. So that's where I started three years ago. I took off immediately. I've still got all the same clients um, that, ticks along and actually has been how I've afforded to build my new businesses. Uh, but that's been fantastic because everything I know and learn and help others with that allows me to do what I'm doing now with the new business. So then, yeah, so I basically, and then in 2016, I realised this was the big shift into my own brand that women over 40 don't have a voice. And I think the ageism really stepped in. So I created Mrs. V as a persona um, and that came about because I actually looked at, I was looking at Vogue and I was going, where's the Mrs. Vogue? Like there's Teen Vogue, there's Miss Vogue, where's Mrs. Vogue? So I started a site called The State of Mrs. Vogue. <laughs> and I actually had it trademarked and everything. And Vogue came after me. So, of course, I changed it to Mrs. V. And then rather than saying the state of Mrs. V because it sounded like I was insane, 
I changed it to the style, <laughs> the style of Mrs. V. Then I started the blog and then I did the Mrs. V shift, which was I had 24 speakers. I had a day at the Langham. It was the most incredible experience and just really, really brought everyone together to talk about what it means to be over 40 and how to live a life. And that was five years ago. It was almost like someone had explained the experience was like looking through a magazine. So you had this whole kind of sense of experiences and inspiration, but you never got bored. And you, and it worked really well considering to have five panels in a day. So I did one the next year. And then I decided to really get down into my work side, you know, get the, the business happening. I just couldn't do both. And I had some other family stuff going on. So I just focused on work. And then I was thinking, I do want to do an online business where I want to offer a membership. I want to do a coach directory so I can really feel. So I've been working on that for five years. And literally, they're both launching now. This is the change room and um, the coach directory. So explain to me what you do in Mrs. V's Change Room. Okay, Mrs. V's Change Room is basically it's a holistic way to help people start a business. It's really 101. You know, a lot of people come at that stage, you're an at-home mom or like, how do I get my own thing? I've lost my job. I don't want to go back. I want to start a new career and have my own business. And so in there is I've got at the moment eight courses and they're all about starting a business. So we've got how do you firstly find your life purpose? Like what's the business that you're going to start? And I've got an amazing course in there, which I've done with Nancy Valentine-Smith, who's an incredible ancient wisdom facilitator healer, incredible. So she does a full kind of healing clearing in its three parts and then a kind of a, a healing around the lack of self-value a lot of people have to step out on your own because it's fine to advertise and help someone else's business. But when it's your own business, it becomes about you and then all your stuff comes up. So she helps on that. And then at the end, there's an activation. So we've got that course. I've got, you know, how do you do marketing media? How do you build a website? How do you do your socials? Everything's in there. And then what I've got is group coaching as well. So you do the course and then I can answer any questions. I also do my own one-on-one coaching if people want to be coached with me. And I've got my own service as well in terms of doing it for people. But the main thing about the change room is helping people start their business, their dream business. It's interesting what you said about women over 45 in particular are invisible because when I'm looking for photographs for my social media graphics, it's really difficult to find any photographs of women over 40. They're either in the 20s, early 30s, or they're 70. But that, there's a big gap in the middle. It's, that was the big thing that I noticed with socials as well. I was going, wait, like those freebies from Pexels or Unsplash, I was going, Where's all the kind of good-looking women in that age group? It has changed in the last six months. I noticed there's been more, but it's still not enough. It's still, I think, appalling. And how did you go on? Because this being a woman in not just in a male-dominated area, the woman that's sort of pushing the edge out, you've done that basically your whole life, haven't you, from the sound of it, from everything that you've done. You've gone, oh, hang on, this doesn't work. Not enough women here. Let's get moving. What's the cause of that? What do you think, <laughs> apart from the teenage rebels still? I know, it was funny. I, I know, it's still alive and kicking. And, in fact, I just did, have I done it yet? Or well, I'm just about to do a post, a video post on freedom. That's my probably my highest value for me personally is freedom. And I think even me being triggered around 
vaccine mandates has really triggered that because whether the vaccine's wrong or right for you, freedom is such a fundamental right that we have in a society and it's that's scary. And I think, you know, right now for people who do want to kind of push for change and help, it's very hard because you feel like you're literally boxed. And so I was just going to talk about how to kind of move through that part at the moment. I think if I look back at my own life, my freedom has been shown by my desire to have my own businesses and to do it my way. And that has enabled me to be fully responsible. I'm responsible for myself because I know when I'm fully responsible, I'm fully empowered. And the problem is that we're in a society where it's very much around blame. The school's not bringing up my child right. Look what the people are doing, you know, society, we're being locked out. There's so much blame, like even down to environmental change. I was just thinking because I believe so much that happens in the world is a projection of our internal voice and narrative. And so, therefore, if we all actually took responsibility of what we're doing, then that would create the change around us and the world would change. Now, I can't, I can just control what's happening for me. So in those moments where things haven't been right or whatever, I do speak up. I mean, I did when I was at the bank. I got someone fired because of sexually harassing another woman. Now, I was the only woman on the board at the time. Yeah, but I had no qualms. I didn't care whether I'd lose my job or whatever. It's just like, you know, the right thing to do. And I think a lot of us do do that, but the fear steps in. So who are we honouring that place? And I know it's, you know you pick your battles on the side, but it's also around how do we keep honouring ourselves and being conscious of that? And I think that's how I've done it all my life. I was going to ask about what do you think the biggest hurdle is for midlife women to overcome and certainly if they want to change direction completely and start their own business but it also kind of ties in with what you were just saying then because that issue about self-belief and valuing yourself as well me as a stay-at-home mum and I'm going to talk from my perspective now you know I know a lot of my listeners haven't had children I did I had four and I was a stay-at-home mum so when the last one was starting to get to an age where she's not going to need me with staring me in the face I didn't know what to do with myself I'd been a full-time mum for 20 years at this point what what do I do what do I I'm just mum and if I'm not mum then who am I and a lot of women go through that is that what you're finding or what is the biggest hurdle so I was just tying everything in and went rambling off (laughs) that's good that's good I totally got it Look, it's funny. There's, I mean, there's two types. I think if you've been a stay-at-home mum all your life, it is a very big jump to go from what do I do now? I, I perhaps did something early on before I got married, and things have changed, and it just feels too big a jump to kind of start somewhere. And I guess I say to that woman is that, of course, it's never too late, and. It's part of the journey. Like right now, you're in an amazing time to step into any skill set you want to do. I mean, there's online, there's so much available. You have so much choice. So then you go, well, I don't know what I want to do. And that's part of the process. Like enjoy that part rather than putting an angst around it. Like going, okay, my purpose is finding what I love. Let me explore that. Asking yourself, show me, or asking you to show me what I'm meant to be doing. And it'll start showing up. And you'll start going, 
Oh, you know, I actually do like that. Like even my mother at 92, she's been always a stay-at-home mum. She did she did a little bit of interior decoration. She said to me, you know what, I'm going to write a book. She said, I've always wanted to write a book. So she's writing a book. And I went, I love it. You know, she's got her own Instagram. She's classic. And um, But that's what it means. It's taken at whatever point you'll go, actually, I want to try this. And, and rather than putting the expectations around what those results are, because ultimately no one knows what the end is going to be. And I never focus on goals. I focus on intention because goals can actually create a disconnect because if you don't get that, then you're a failure. And also, What's the best thing for you? Your soul life knows what that is. So if you start from a place of, you know what, I want to find a relationship, say a relationship that I feel loved and seen and I can express myself and, you know, that we enjoy the same things rather than going, I want that guy, you see, or I want that job. That's the perfect job for me. Come back and say, I want a job that pays me this amount of money. I want a job that where I feel valued at work. So keeping the intention means that it may move the chess pieces, because, but you can't see them all. So in terms of mum going, okay, asking the question and going, what do I do now is the first step. And what I want to do, that's the next step. It's like, okay. And I think what gets in the way for people is some people, and I think a lot of people are facing divorces and they're going, well, I have to now earn some money. What does that look like? And then what happens is the fear comes in, and rightly so, of going, I've got the pressure. How do I, I can't afford this lovely space. If, oh, I'm going to explore here. But I do want you to take on a little bit of the exploring and going, okay, there's many opportunities. People are now wanting a more meaningful career. There's people who've been in, and that woman of going, I am in a job that I'm miserable in and I want to leave. That's where a lot of people are feeling on many levels in full-time jobs. So in terms of that thinking, it's about, again, going, what's open to me? Because I can tell you right now, there are so many jobs available for people, like there are. And I see so many businesses have boosted since COVID because suddenly things are online. There are different things needed now. And I think a, a big thing for us, skill set for a stay-at-home mom, have a look at the stuff that you do all the time and that you don't even equate to a value as a skill set. Maybe you're the most amazing cook now. Maybe you've developed the most incredible cheesecake that can be sold out there. Or, or maybe you're making things like there's Etsy now and there's all different ways. And if you try it and it takes off, you suddenly go, oh my goodness, actually it is, I am making money from this. So the first step I'd say is just to start looking at what is drawing to you. Like what are things that kind of going, oh yeah, I kind of think I'd like to do that. Or even writing down your skill sets that you do, every single one of them. And then the your unique proposition around selling proposition is the alchemy of those skill sets. And but always remember it's a journey. It's not about winning at a certain uh, point. Does that make sense? It does make complete sense. And the, so there was two things coming up for me there. The first one is I think the specific goal setting, like it's never sat well with me. But I also think that's possibly a masculine thing. It's a very male thing to do. Let's go over that way and we're going to get there as quickly Absolutely. as we can. Absolutely. Because I remember when I started looking at, at what I was going to do and everything I thought about, the first question my husband asked, and he was only trying to help, bless his cotton socks, was, okay, so how are you going to monetize that? And I'd just go, oh, you know? I've still got one. I've still got one downstairs. <laughs> so when's the money coming in? <laughs> my, my son going, so when are you, when are you going to 
and you're going to go back to your real job. You're just going to focus on, I have it all the time. So ones closest to us, I just want to say, are our biggest nemesis in that front and they are the people that show us that in here. So their comments is what's in your. Remember, everything is a projection of your own beliefs. So they're there, our closest to us as our biggest mirrors. And that's so important because you go, oh, yes, okay. And they're right. You go, okay, how am I going to monetize it? And you have to think about that. And I totally agree. I've been one of those people that hasn't really cared about the money side, (laughs) to be honest, because I went into, I love doing this and it will come, the money will come. And it's funny, on this last um, journey of getting it ready, I have to work with someone because I can't. Working on my own brand myself is a nightmare because I have a 1,000 ideas a second. So having someone to kind of pin me in, and I'm great with other people, streamline into one, but it's been, um, I don't know, but it's been great because she's asked those questions of the money side of thing and, and looking at competitors, and, and I do it with us, and I, and I haven't because there's, a part of me that I just just do love it. It's like delicious for me to create things and make things and have what I'm doing, giving it to people. I'm a big giver. But you do have to ask it and you have to ask though. But then you think, what's the question? How do I monetize it? If you dissect that question and you look at it, you go, well, it's value for value. When I had the big kick in my career around, well, not career in the business, I ask, what do people need? If you're giving something to what people need, the money will be a natural exchange. And I think that was the shift even with what I'm doing is what do people need right now? You know, like the coach directory that I'm doing. People don't have the big bucks to advertise and do all their socials. Here I'm doing is I've got a one-stop for coaches that I'm doing all the advertising and socials for them. And they can be on there and it's a very nominal price per month and it's a real village community, but it's what people need. So I'm not worried about it. If I set everything up in the way it is, I feel good about that now. The change room has taken me a long time because there was a part of me going, who want to, Who would want to come in? Like who wants to come in and talk to me? You know, but, but I have all this stuff. It's like from when I was 12 coming up and I go, oh, hello, 12-year-old. You know, there you are. It's okay. We'll be fine. But, but that's been that journey of going. And But then I come into I go, what do people need right now? They need support in getting businesses started. So therefore, the value is there. And that's all you can do on that front. Make sure that you look at the need. I mean, in terms of design, you know, the first thing that you do is what is when you're making something, so what's the function? And the function is what's the need of the other. So you always have to have a look at that. How does it, the briefing on what it is, and then what's the function? The other thing I was going to say to you, and this is really bizarre, is I used to have a business called Life Design Works. Really? Oh, my gosh. Wow. And I didn't take it. I had all this idea. I didn't take it anywhere for various reasons, like four children mainly. But it was because my youngest was only about two at the time. Mm. But it was basically what you're doing. So it was rather than looking at goals and outcomes it was about what experience do you want to have in life so it just left it much freer and that was what I was teaching people how to do and we did a lot of collaging and stuff based on don't stick up the house there that you want stick up how you want it to feel don't don't be very specific just allow yourself to flow through so I totally get where you're coming from and I can say hands down it's the best way for me that I found to actually move my life forward just 
going through what you want to experience and what you want to feel. Although I did say there is a caveat on that. I did say I wanted excitement in my life and I got so much excitement. I have never put that one on there again. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. And I think I love that you did that because you get it. People, I, I remember, who told me? The yoga teacher that I used to see a lot had said he did some great lines and one of them was, change happens in your yoga poses between the poses between the breath and I equate that to every part in life life happens between the destinations between where we think we're going it is in the presence and that is just being present but really understanding what that is it's like right now yes I have my dreams of my intentions of what I want and whatever but Every moment to me, you know, like I'm in the shower and it's the happiest time of my day is in the shower because I just love having a shower and I'm so grateful for the hot water. You know, my little dog is sitting there and she's waiting for me to get out. I'm thinking, you know, this is a really happy time right now. And even though we have those things of I want that, I want whatever, is you have to really stick in those gratitude times. And I think when, because when I went through that of losing everything, I had to find moments of changing my frequency and my shifting my perspective. And I think that really led to that moment in the shower where I realised the truth about who I was. And so I think if we take away a little bit of the how in what we're doing and just focus on the feeling of and the intention of what we want, then things will start showing up because it's all frequency at the moment. And at the moment, the energy is very fast. It's very different at the moment. There's big changes happening. If a woman comes to you wanting to set up a business, what would be the best piece of advice you could give her? If she's not sure of what she wants to do, she just knows she wants to do something, what would you say? Well, I mean, when I'm in a session, we just explore where she's, what she's done, go back through the past. Because I think a lot of the time people go, I don't want to do that. I've done that. I don't want to do that. They want to throw it out. And I'm very much around there is absolutely a reason you do every bit of what you do in your life and you have to bring it. And this is the moment to bring those parts together. How can you bring everything that you do in your skill sets together? This is what I'd say. How does that feel? What resonates? And then because I had a, um, a friend who was in strategy and advertising and she hated it and she wanted to be, she went and did some coaching and I was helping you with the brand and I just said you should really do kind of corporate inside of the the coaching and the wellness with all the strategy and the comms you're doing. It's a, such a perfect mix for you. You've done all that. No, I don't want to know. Five or six years later, oh, my God, I've just done it. And they've just asked me to do her whole program in the business. And she said, I knew you've always said it, always been in my head, irritatingly. But she said, I finally see what you're talking about. And so that's what I'd say is just have a look at the whole parts of your life, like and what are the parts that you could bring together right now that people need. So it's kind of like how can I help a person? I think if you ask that question first and see what comes out would be a great start. Thank you. So we're going to wrap up in a few minutes. Tell me how people can get in touch with you. I will put all the information up on the website as well so people can access that there. But just briefly tell me how they get in touch with you and what's on offer and what you can do for them. Awesome. Well, the uh, mrsv.com.au is my main site and then there's a link to the Mrs V Change Room there. 
And if you're just not sure and you want to see what's the best thing for you to do, you can book a 15-minute chat with me and I can just quickly take you through where would be a good start. If you do want help starting a business, then you could either do the courses. So how I do is I offer the courses individually, but the best and most cost-effective way is to just sign up as a member. It's 65 US a month and you have access to everything in the group coaching, which is just ridiculously cost-effective and it's so that would be a great start is just to become a member and be become of the part of the community I mean the thing in the way I work is I just look after people for life like someone comes into the herd there you know then they're always suggested and referred if you are a coach the v coach directory and you have in a business and you want to be on that that's launching in October but it's live at the moment vcoachdirectory.com so you're welcome to go there and um, I think you can sign up already, uh, but that's launching officially in October 6th. And I'd love you to follow me on Mrs. V Official, Mrs. V Official on Instagram, Mrs. V Official by Scarlett Vesper on Facebook, but all the links on Mrs. V at the top there, you can find me. Fantastic. You know, you were talking about you might get disturbed by your dog. My cat's just forced the door open and tried <laughs> to jump on my lap. <laughs> I actually sent my dog downstairs with my husband. I shut the door, I said, because she was in a very playful mood, so we would have had a, quite a bit of barking. I'm glad that he took her. Great. Well, thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you. It is lovely to meet you, and I wish you all the best with it. Um, And thanks for being a guest. Yes, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us this week on Menopause, Marriage and Motherhood. Make sure you subscribe to the show on your favorite player. And while you're at it, we'd love you to leave us a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would be amazing too. Be sure to tune in next week for the next episode. And remember, if you're busy thinking about what you can't have, how on earth are you going to enjoy what you can have? See you next week.